Welcome to the Queer Voices Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Larissa Russell. Join us today and each week as we talk to people from the LGBT plus community to share their stories, the good, the bad, and the inspirational. Sharing stories, making connections, saving lives. Welcome. I'm Larissa Russell of Queer Voices, and today I have with me Jesse Ringer. Jesse is a gay man living in Vancouver, BC with his husband. He runs a successful digital marketing agency, which he launched in 2017 called Method and Metric, an SEO agency that helps organizations turn their website into a powerful revenue generating tool. Having bootstrapped his business from the ground up, Jesse and his team have built up a roster of international clients. So welcome, Jesse. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about your business, but before we get to that, can you tell us sort of what it was like growing up um, <laughs> gay, a gay boy, if you will? And <laughs> Sure. So uh, I grew up uh, back in Ottawa. Um, and I mean, I guess for the most part, my growing up was pretty normal in terms of you know, I played a lot of sports, um, loved to spend time outside and, you know, was a very active kid. Um, but at the same time, you know, I always kind of wondered, you know, if I was gay, but never really thinking about it in those terms. Um, you know, I have gay family. My granddad is openly gay and has been my entire life. And so there was always this wondering that maybe I was, but then I also equated the fact that I loved sports and was active to, you know, not possibly being gay. Um, so, you know, it was kind of around my late teens where I started to, to figure out that maybe I wasn't like the rest of the guys I played sports with and, and hung out with. I think that's a really important point that you make as well is that you know there is no like we have those stereotypes but everybody is different but then how did you find it being a sports person like being in the locker room and I know that's a big thing for a lot of the athletes that are coming out now was that an ever an issue for you oh I mean it it was one of those things that I kind of started to I just locked away for the most part you know, that, um, you know, I still engaged in, in team sports and, and hung out with my teammates. Um, but I also started to gravitate towards more independent sports like snowboarding and, and skateboarding to a lesser extent, but just sort of, I just always thought that I was a bit off and I always kind of didn't resonate with, with the same crowd as I got older. Mm -hmm. And, and when you say didn't resonate with as a teen, that's always like a thing, right? Yeah. It, I, for the most part, I think I equated it to the fact that uh, I was more into like the snowboarding and the, the skate scene um, and less about, you know, team sports like, like hockey and rugby. So it, it wasn't for a long time after high school that I kind of clued in that Oh, I was pulling away from these things because of, you know, being gay and being different. Um, and not just because I liked being an independent person and, and having a sport that I didn't really need um, a lot of structure to go and do. Mm -hmm. 
And so you came out, you said, uh, you told me early in your 20s, I think you said. And how did that affect um, sort of, you know, your family, your friends, things like that when you finally did come out? Yeah, I mean, in the sense of how long I had thought about coming out and, you know, all of that feelings and processing you go through, um, it was a relatively underwhelming experience in that, like, everyone was really supportive. Um, You know, everyone I came out to uh, didn't didn't flinch. They were like still my friends. They, my family was incredibly supportive. Um, and yeah, like the hardest part about coming out for me was my own, you know, my own reluctance. But once I did, it was almost like this, uh, kind of an embarrassment that I didn't feel brave enough to come out sooner because it was just, uh, so so nice like yeah the people i came out to then um have been friends for you know 15 plus years 20 years and it it never it didn't change a thing but in my mind i definitely thought it was going to and so that fear really uh held on for a long time and and the the shame the embarrassment of like not doing it sooner um kind of something that that I had to process. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point for people who are thinking about coming out is like partly to know your audience, right? If you have a heavily, you know, um, religious family, that might be more difficult. But if you have a fairly open family or friends, so knowing your audience, but also we often make things much bigger in our head than what it really is. But knowing your audience, but also, you know, what we have made up in our head may not be what actually happens, right? And so allowing ourselves some space to maybe feel it out a little bit here and there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something I kind of, yeah, I agree with that a lot in that, you know, um, at the time of coming out, I was living in Whistler, ski town, you know, there's a lot of machismo, a lot of, you know, bravado that goes on in that that world and you know using gay as a a term for stupid or derogatory was so common and even though you know my circle of friends did use that phrase like in reality they didn't really share that that sentiment but again like it, it coming out then um, it wasn't long before I kind of realized that I, I needed to change my scenery as well. Um, even though my friends and, and family are, were extremely supportive, I think I needed to change my surroundings in order to really be able to embrace who I could be um, without the, the previous context of being in the closet and, and living in that world. So I think it was it was not really a conscious decision to move, but it definitely played a big part. And I, I think I needed to distance myself from who I was physically in order to become the person I am now. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's a, you know, for people who are, are struggling with coming out, 
that's not a bad idea. I mean, not everybody can do that. No, they can't. Totally. You can reinvent yourself into who you truly are somewhere else. And I know not everybody has that opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you can do it in smaller ways too, like a new group of friends or, you know, changing schools or whatever it is that you can then start fresh as who you are. Yeah, totally. And like now, I mean, there's groups for everything, right? And it just, it takes a bit of research and, and timing, but you can find great groups of people that embrace the person that you want to be um, and feel that you are in a much more accepting way. And then, you know, you don't necessarily have to move to do that, but, you know, stepping out of your normal routine, um, like you said, maybe that's through school, maybe that's a different job, maybe it's a new activity. Like there's, there's tons of places to, to meet people that are, you know, open and, and receptive of, of who you see yourself as and who you can be. Yeah. Yeah. So important. So then you went on to start your own business and uh, I'm assuming, did you move to start your business or did you start your business after you moved? How did that happen? Yeah. Um, so I, the business came much later after my move. Um, so man, yeah, like, living in Whistler, um, worked in kitchens, worked in restaurants, did that kind of thing. Uh, and so I, I continued that early into moving to Vancouver. Um, it was great. It was a, you know, I happened to fall into at a restaurant that had a lot of gay people that worked there and a lot of gay, uh, guests and visitors. So it really exposed me to a lot. And, you know, it was, man, it was a tremendous way to help me identify with who I wanted to be and, and how I could potentially like fit in to the gay world while also maintaining, you know, the, the essence of who I am in terms of the things I like to do. Um, and so starting the business, I mean, entrepreneurship was always in the back of my mind. Um, I remember doing a, a, like a high school book report on, how to start a business. Like it's always been something that I've enjoyed thinking about. Um, but it was never, I never really had a, an idea of what that would be. So, um, after, yeah, about a year or two in the city, I decided to go back to school, um, and kind of originally wanted to get into advertising, like copywriting, ad design, that kind of stuff. Um, but, found that there was much more demand for like search engine optimization and content writing stuff. This was just after um, the 2008 financial crisis. So a lot of companies had figured out that they don't need to hire as many people in order to be successful. Um, And so I was finding more opportunities to be a contractor. Um, I was writing and doing writing with the intention of SEO. And so it kind of just happened from that. Um, Being a contractor and a consultant for a number of years, um, I felt it was time to to take a step forward and, and make it a more concrete, um, stable sort of agency model. And and that's where that came about. Right. And so 
Can I just ask where you met your husband? So uh, we had uh, a lot of friends in common to begin with, and we sort of reconnected uh, through Facebook. So, yeah, not the yeah. most glamorous, uh, but <laughs> yeah, it, a far more uh, traditional uh, meeting, I guess, for this day and age. But uh, yeah, as friends and then and through Facebook. And then how long have you been together? Uh, we have been together... Uh, a little over nine years and married for six of those. I love that. I love hearing that. Uh, we talk to a lot of people in um, the States. You're in Canada, the same as I am. We have different laws than a lot of the States. And I know that that's a big problem for a lot of Americans. And when, you know, we are all working towards seeing resolved and other places in the world as well. But I feel so lucky here in Canada to not have that be an issue. Have you found that, I know Vancouver is quite a um, busy, big city and you know pretty open to a lot of, fairly liberal, if you will. Um, have you had issues you know, as a gay man in uh, Vancouver or anywhere? I can, yeah, I can really only think of one moment in my life where um yeah a, a guy I was dating at the time we were holding hands walking along the seawall and this he seemed drunk but whatever the this guy yelled like you faggots and uh man we weren't even really paying attention to it but we heard the word like you kind of are in tune to that and so we just turned to each other and kissed each other um, just to brush it off, not really to brush it off, but to show them that we weren't intimidated by it. Um, and that was kind of the end of the, the situation. Like it didn't escalate from there, but um, yeah, in Vancouver, I never really feel outwardly nervous uh, to, you know, to, to hold hands or to put my arm around my partner and hug and stuff like that. So um there, yeah, definitely in Vancouver, it, it is quite liberal. Um, there isn't much that we kind of uh, snub our noses at, but uh, at the same time, yeah, it, it, it's still always sitting there. It's always at the back of your mind that maybe something might happen this time. But mm -hmm. for the most part, I think, yeah, I've been very fortunate not to have experienced it firsthand, um, any direct homophobia. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that there are so many people who do, it depends, you know, where you live, sometimes what you look like, unfortunately, things like mm -hmm. that, you know, all play a part in that. It shouldn't matter, but you know, it is a constant issue out in yeah, the world. Totally. So. Yeah. And like, I, I, we do a fair bit of traveling. And so it's always something you're, you're mindful of, you know, like, man, there are times, especially in the early stages of our relationship, we would travel somewhere like in Europe um, and we would go to the passport desk together as a couple because we are one household. And I never outwardly said anything, but there were moments where I'm like, is this going to be okay? Are they going to say anything? Like what's going to happen and that kind of stuff. And again, like we've been very fortunate. I know that this my experiences are not necessarily proof of a broader uh, worldview, but we've never really encountered any issues with it. Um, that being said, though, yeah, you do want to be mindful and 
and thoughtful of how you engage sometimes just, but yeah, it's one of those things, I guess, but that it kind of exists in our world. Sad, but true. Sad, but true. Well, my takeaway from this today is, you know, stereotypes don't mean anything. So, right. You felt like you didn't sort of fit into the gay world, if you would, because of your love of sports and all of that. And, uh, you know, and then you, you fit just fine. You fit just fine into the gay world. Thank you. And I agree. (laughs) And and it's, it's one of, it's uh, something that's taken me a long time to sort of come to terms with like, and now, I mean, it's probably took me about five or seven years to kind of find the circle of friends that like the same stuff that I do. Like, you know, we, we grow up with certain cliches of what gay men are supposed to do and act and like, and engage with. And, you know, once I kind of made roots in Vancouver and, and, you know, just meeting other gay men from around the world. Like you, you realize that there are lots of people that love the same stuff that you do who are also gay, you know, by happenstance. And so that was something that was a great um, relief that when I first moved to the city, I really um, wanted to kind of put away the things that I've grown up being passionate about um and and sports and uh, being active were a big part of that but now I don't have to compromise on that front I can have friends and a partner that that loves to to snowboard and loves to travel and hike and go camping and do all those things that are you know not in the the gay stereotype space right and so there was something that I think if I had come out yeah, I wish someone had told me that stuff that I didn't really need to compromise who I was in terms of the things that I like and the way that I dress and and all that kind of stuff to to find out and, and to be where I am now. Um, I mean, it did involve a lot of experimentation and you know trying new new stuff, which was great. It helped me figure out exactly where I want to be. And I think that trying new stuff is, is vital in in our own personal growth and development. Um, But at the same time, not necessarily giving up on the things that you've grown up loving. Um, It's not necessarily a prerequisite for being an openly gay person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so important. So important. And have you found that um, being gay or being out has affected your business in any way or have you just always been open or oh in the early days I would be hesitant to out myself like in the early going um and and not necessarily because I was afraid of like direct homophobia but I was more of the indirect stuff that maybe I wouldn't win a project because of that or you know, that someone would be reluctant to put my name forward for something. So there was, in my early career, a real reluctance to to say anything. Um, and I still have moments like that um, because you don't know how someone is going to react to it. But I would say for the large, the vast, vast majority of, of my career that being gay has been a huge asset. Um, you know, you're you meet 
man, at least in my experience, you meet a lot of other gay people that do a huge variety of other things that you wouldn't normally encounter. Just by the nature of being gay, you meet like a huge swath of different types of people. And so that has been a huge benefit to me. I've been very fortunate in that respect. Um, and I think too, like being gay gives you a different perspective to the world. You know, whether you are visibly like, I don't know, visibly a, a white or what have you, like you just have a different um worldview in a context that that a lot of people don't necessarily get and I think it provides a lot of benefit to anyone's career because you just see the world and see challenges and problems with just like inherently a non-traditional worldview and so that can be a huge asset to anything you want to do or try because well you're going to be, have a, you know, a more distinct perspective that could really set you apart. I love that. I, that thought of, and it's something, I guess I have known, but didn't articulate, but the fact that we do have a different way of looking at things because of, we've had to work around so many things in our life. Right. And so, and I know for myself, I seek out other businesses who are, um, you know, either allies or gay owned, right? That that's a big thing for, for me, uh, including, you know, my nonprofit and my business both belong to rainbowconnect.ca because um, they connect other LGBT plus businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's super important. And it, I hadn't really thought about it being an asset, but you're absolutely right in being an asset in the way we communicate with each other and share, share together. Yeah. Like anything in business, we want to work with people that we like, know, and trust. And having that such a deep understanding when you're both gay or like, yeah, both sides are gay. Like it it just creates a connection that gives us a little bit more power. And, And like you said, like, I don't intentionally always look for the gay owned businesses, but I know that when I see that flag like in the window or, you know, I've met someone that like, I know that there's a bit more comfort and, and that, I mean, think like that's business. I think comfort is a big part of it and trust and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I agree. Like finding businesses that are like you, finding people that are like you, um, you want to spend time with them. You want to spend energy with them. And that I think is sort of something that has been a huge asset to me um, throughout my career for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much. We're going to have the information for your business. We'll have all the links there for people so they can check you out and support. (laughs) Do you have any final thoughts before we go today? I just want to thank you for, for the opportunity to chat with you. Um, This was yeah, this was great. I think that, um, you know, being able to, to share our experiences with the broader audience, I think makes you know, everyone's life and, and the things that we're going through a lot easier to process when you hear others have gone through it too. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're welcome. And I know that, you know, our, our audience is, 
youth and, and parents. Those seem to be the two audiences that we have. And I think it's really important to share these stories so that youth know that they're not alone, but then also parents have an understanding of how they can help their kids um, navigate a little easier in the world. Yeah. Sure. That's so incredible. It's so good. Like, yeah. I'm so envious of some of the youth being able to be who they are at, at a younger age and, and not have to tiptoe around all this stuff. So um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is. So again, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, and thanks, to our, yes, to our listeners, thank you for being here to witness another story in the life of our community. Thanks for listening to Queer Voices. Our goal with Queer Voices is to help our youth know that they're not alone. Our suicide rate for LGBT plus youth is as much as eight times higher than hetero youth. This is not acceptable. When our youth find acceptance, this number drops significantly. Save a life today. Show your child or an LGBT youth in your life that you care. Make sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes so we can help get the word out. Sharing stories, making connections, saving lives.